0: Operator Syndrome, episode 41. We made it. Number 41. Um, so in this next one, again, this is an episode that we've recorded previously and lost. So if we refer back to the last time we talked about this, we're talking about literally a little while ago when we when we talked about these exact same scenarios. Um, I think the theme of this one is going to be just um, how combat can be odd, funny. We did an episode on screw-ups before that one was called if you're looking um i can't remember what we called it exactly but there was an episode where we talked yeah. about scripts this one is not necessarily scripts but just how combat can be odd in general how things can be strange um it's not like the movies every time um things happen that you don't expect um people react to things in ways you don't understand and that's sort of the magic in fact, it's almost never like the movie. That's true. In so, in so many ways. Yeah, that's 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 yeah, accurate. Um so and again, we're still but we're wrapping up. This will be the last episode where I talk about that 2007 deployment to Afghanistan. We can finally move on. Um but uh three three stories here that kind of speak to how things can be strange. The first one I want to talk about is uh, what I like to call an accidental hostage rescue. Um, for For those who don't know the uninitiated, you know hostage rescue is a very um, uh, a very specific mission set. Um, we We have the United States has invested a lot of time, energy, and resources into cultivating special units of special people to handle hostage rescue. um uh those who uh look at this stuff in any way shape or form know that those are the tier one units of the special operations command you you don't really um use or consider rangers or you know regular uh, SEAL teams perhaps regular SEAL teams um like, really, we have made an investment to have folks who have that capability. And so they would be the ones to get the first crack at it. But uh, I, I, had an oppor- I had an opportunity accidentally to participate in, like, a real hostage rescue. And so I'll, I'll, talk, I'll talk about that. So um, in the middle of that deployment somewhere, um, don't remember when, we did not know that's what we were going to run into. For us, it was just another mission. You know, another night, you know, another Wednesday night or whatever it was. Hey, there's someone we want you to go capture. There's someone we want you to go roll up Uh, They're at XYZ place. Go in the night and do it. So, you know, I remember landing. uh, We landed. I remember we were pretty close to the objective area and the target, the target compound. Um, I remember being landing up high and then walking down towards it. Um, So that was nice, you know a downhill a downhill walk to wherever this place was i remember walking up to it i remember seeing, you know something that sticks out in my mind was that it was brightly lit on the outside i remember that about it and i remember it being cold enough and there being like a fireplace or something going on where there was smoke so it was like um it was very clear that it was occupied um and i don't remember it being a compound compound I almost remember it being like the standalone house type thing. Now, again, this was 15 plus years ago so my memory, but but I don't remember it being like um, this big thing. It's just kind of like, you know, sort of like a, a cabin out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, so we go up to it. Um, this time our squad is, uh, you know, first assault, I believe. Um, so we breach, we go into this, building and I'm just met with sensory overload by what I'm looking at when I go in there so we go in again it's really brightly lit on the inside we go in you know clear our corners sort of get a get a sense sense chance to look around and what I'm looking at is you know a group of folks huddled on the floor they've got something over their heads and their hands are bound and their hands are bound with like, strips of carpet, like, these thick strips of carpet, like, going all the way up their arms, and, um, and then you've got two, two guys in there, one's this, one's this fat guy, um, one's this fat guy who speaks really good English, and one's this, like, wiry shirtless dude who happens to be, who happens to be sort of on my side of this building. It was, it was not, it, this room that we were in was not, again, it's not a common layout that I would expect to see in Afghanistan. Not saying that the building contributed to any of this, but it's just something that sticks out of my mind. It was like this big open room, and it had like two fireplaces. It had like a, a proper fireplace, and then it had like a cooking-like area, stove area. And you had this group of people huddled together, um, bound up hostages. They were hostages. There's no other way to, to, to think about it and um you had these two guys watching over them, and we just so happened to hit they were bad guys obviously they were doing i mean yeah there are not a lot of explanations other than these were like bad dudes yeah <laughs> they're not a whole lot of other explanations and so we rolled these guys up and we caught them we caught them not paying attention and so um so anyway so the guy i'm locked down on actually which is the wiry guy he's freaking out he's freaking out um I can see his eyes are like bugging out of his head. He is. It's definitely like when you catch a kid like doing something wrong, like he's got that. Plus, he thinks I'm about to kill him. Um, so he's got all kinds of adrenaline going through. His, he's, he's dealing with a lot. He's <laughs> he's, with, he's processing. He's processing. He's dealing with a lot. And he's standing up and he's backed into the corner. And, uh, you know, it's not my style to just shoot unarmed people. So I'm just locked down on them and I'm yelling at them in the, in the limited posh too. I know to like get down on the ground, you know, this, that, and he's freaking out. And, um, and, uh, you know, I, I have to, and there's a lot of commotion going on in the background, you know, I, (laughs) there's, there's a lot going on, you know, they're, they're clearing the rest of this big room. I'm locked down on this dude and the rest of my team members. You know, and I have to muzzle thump this guy a couple mm-hmm. times to try to get him to comply. He is so wired that he he's he's not doing anything. I, I think he was drugged up, maybe some kinds of
1: speed or something.
0: I, you know, I around that time we went explosive a lot, so I could see how us blowing your front door off sure. and showing up when you think you're chilling watching some hostages, you know, and um. I could see how that in and of itself could <laughs> yeah. could stimulate that sort of bodily response. <laughs> yeah, I could see. But possibly, you never know. Yeah. Probably. Um but but I mean he was so amped up. My my me muzzle thumping him was not did nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, so I'm locked down. I mean, I'm not, I'm honestly not quite sure what to do. Cause usually this is not a problem we have. Right, right. Um, and then so one of my dudes comes out it comes out from like the left side of my vision just tackles this guy i'm like <laughs> awesome all right we've got this handled um so we zip time up we're kind of in there processing you know it's just sort of strange and our reaction after the fact you know we talked about this it's just sort of strange because we're like okay there's some hostages um i believe that we cut them free uh, i'm i'm sure we did or, or tried to talk to them but I, I remember everyone's faces like, what did we just what did we just do? <laughs> you know, like um, it's not something we were expecting. And it was very strange. Were they Afghan hostages? I'm assuming, <sighs> you know, as, as 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 best as I can remember, they were, you know, I talked about one of the guys in there who was speak who could speak very good English. Um, I do remember. The folks who were held up, at least speaking enough English to be like "thank you, thank you, thank you." Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, the, the one of the things that sticks out in my mind is that guy who spoke really good English, um, and and that was also strange. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't remember what part yeah, of the country we were in, but um, and so and, and you know, we we did what we usually did. You know, we didn't do anything extra anything all that different that night so um you know we our job is to to clear the building look for the people that we're looking for and then and that's our job and there are other folks there are enablers that are with uh, that were with us you know you have folks from different units we don't have to get into specifics but their job is more tailored towards dealing with that kind of stuff and right. so you know they along with you know the ground force commander and the interpreters you know they got to work talking to folks but for us is kind of like okay so after we go in there and we we make the 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 we've cleared the building and it's safe now and now we go back to doing what we do right so we're doing sensitive site exploitation um and then once that's done we pull out and get ready to leave and that's our job you know it's yeah. not <clears throat> it's not the assaulter's job to to play investigator and be like why are you bound up what's going on who are you two why why do you have these people bound up that's not our job right right um and to be quite honest like i think we were interested but you know we're we were definitely in the mindset like we were churning and burning right like that's our job was was to to clear and so you know ultimately we didn't get for those you know at least for those of us who had cleared um who cleared and 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 essentially we would rescued these hostages as far as we know um we never knew we we never learned anything else about them you know and, and i dare say we didn't even really think to ask after the fact yeah. just because of the way that the the op tempo was it's just you know every night you go out and it's just yeah. oh here's another that was a weird night you know are we going out yeah. tomorrow night it was that type of thing Fizarro,
1: so, man how many were there do you think uh hostages
0: uh, it, it was between two and four with okay. two guys watching them um so weird it yeah it is weird it's very weird and like we talked about like we were joking around last time is you know we spend the united states spends a lot of money on having you know yeah you know tough tough well selected guys with top of the line equipment and um you know Not a lot of them get a hostage rescue under the belt, even though that's kind of the 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 peak thing that they're supposed to be around for. And it's no judgment; it's just funny how we just happen we just happen to be at the right place at the right time and to unwittingly walk into that situation. um, You know, were were these like? um, I suspect. You know, look in retrospect, I suspect these were probably like middle of the road criminals holding some people hostage you know um i i don't remember a whole lot of you know weapons and uh you know extremist paraphernalia so i'm my guess is that that these guys were just sort of more maybe more along the lines of criminal influence uh type thing um because we've you know, we've definitely sent our, our tier one units after hostages and, yeah. and they're going for, excuse me, four hostages. And, um, yeah. you know, there are some groups out there who are, you know, those, those ex- violent extremist groups who are well-prepared to have Americans drop in and try to save someone. And they put up decent fights in and there and, and they've got traps and they've got all of the kinds of things set up, you know, these two goofballs, yeah <laughs> these, these two goofballs were were not i don't rem, i don't particularly remember these people being well prepared for everything so i think all of us that night were pretty surprised by um right you know our universe is colliding
1: well one of the one of the things too that uh the one of the reasons that as patrick mentioned that these really high level tier one units train for hostage rescues it's just one of the hardest most dangerous things to do because You know they could be wired with explosives it could get the assaulters in trouble it could i mean our primary mission is to rescue the hostage safely and get them back to to, out of harm's way and um man it wouldn't take much at all for them to get shot really quickly or or killed in some manner some of the big the two and they don't happen very often i mean in the last 20 years i mean there was there was some, there was a couple in Somalia that that dev group went in after, and then Captain Phillips, who was um, that wasn't ideological. That was just pirate profiteering, trying to get money for him, um, captain of the USS Meersk, uh tanker ship, and they they went in and and shot those guys uh, mm-hmm. in a life raft. But yeah, it's it's. Few and far between, and so much resources, so much money goes into training for those because it's so hard.
0: Yeah. And they're, yeah, they're, they're just, there's just, I mean, I don't know because I never trained for it, but there, there is, there's a different way you approach those type types of situations as well. And actually, I can think of a few more that happened. I, there are definitely some in Iraq, there are probably more than we would think. Or that we go right. for, right? We don't like that situation, but right. it's definitely rare. You know, it's definitely rare, and to get an opportunity to be on one of those, you know, that's a coveted thing. So, you know, we just stumbled into it, and and you got and absolutely believe that if we had known, even if it was, even if it were like, you know, more middle tier criminal behavior, hostage taking than it was ter- terrorist hostage taking, that right. if if we had known that up front, we would not. Someone would have kicked us out of the way to take that. Just to uh, yeah, Really. There, there is there is a pecking order, a well deserved pecking order. Um, but uh, you know what can I say? I got I got a hostage rescue <laughs> under my belt, so you know I had I you know I I got I wrung the most out of that those uh, you know five years that I was active duty. Um, but you know you'd mentioned you'd mentioned you know uh, a a a a a regular. You know, a a regular SEAL team not necessarily being equipped for that. But don't, at least in your time, that is something you all had trained for, was it not? It is. We trained
1: for it. But it it was one of those things, like, it was kind of like the case where when we were dealing with the coup d'etat, we were going to go in and get some people being detained. Just I don't know if you go so far as to call them hostages, but they were not free to go. And they were American- somebody american i don't i don't know if they're a government side or vip ceo mm-hmm. types but um there again but my point is though we what we were the second string yeah if if it hadn't been for just cause going on it would definitely have been dev group or or CAG going in to to get those people um so yeah we had to do it because by default i mean you can't have tier one units on every country on you know, yeah all- the planet at the same time i mean they're they're yeah they're limited resources but yeah
0: and and that would be yeah, and for and and i'm going to slightly take back what i said because there are situations where rangers rescued so grenada is is a big yeah. example so there you go. Ra- rangers and grenada are the ones contrary to heartbreak Ridge. sorry yeah didn't happen that way love that movie yeah it was yeah. not was not the marines who 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 got the students that, at the, right. the True Blue campus? But but uh, you know the Rangers had gone in, and and by the way, I don't think there was that much resistance there. But we're still going to tally it as a as a yeah. Ranger uh, as a Ranger uh, rescue. There, There were college students, I believe. Yeah, coll- yeah, coll- yeah, yeah, medical college students. Yeah, that's I, right. Maybe maybe the nuance is for um, bunkered in, hardened, yeah. like you know, absolutely that that you're you're going to be in for a tough fight type hostage rescue. I mean, the 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 big the big example for those tier 1 units was those were created uh in large part uh because of the capabilities we saw the SAS have um yeah. back when they had that uh that embassy that M- embassy hostage taking um uh in late 70s early 80s Yeah. Like that. Um, yeah,
1: that was incredible. Yeah, that I, I Remember, we talked about that a lot back in the day. That was one of the biggest. And then also the raid by Israeli commandos on Entebbe airfield Mm -hmm. in Africa. That was probably the largest, most successful hostage rescue ever. I mean, they didn't lose a single person. I don't think they lost a single hostage. And God, I mean, that was whoo. So, yeah, these are some classic missions that kind of wrote the book for wrote the playbook for really difficult stuff
0: and in the difficulty i think there is the thing to key in on because i know on the entebbe raid that was you know just legit if you if you hear about the story and uh, i think i've seen stuff on like the history channel about it if you don't know about it check it out yeah. um look at it from the perspective of logistics oh, that they pulled up I, I, if, ah. tell me if i'm wrong didn't they so they they painted up i believe they painted up air, their aircraft to look like um Like the 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 aircraft of like a certain nation, they had like they used like limo. They did kind of like a Trojan horse type thing. Basically, right? It was a
1: classic Trojan horse, and flew in low level over Lake Victoria. I mean, you know, risky. Yeah, but boy, they pulled it off. Holy smoke! And and, And I think the current prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu's brother, was on that raid. mm. I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. For what it's worth, that sounds right. Um, commandos yummy back then i think it's changed but it was the marine commandos yeah
0: so um so complexity is a big part of oh my Um, goodness that that's really why we have those those tier one units which gets me back to this idea that i've had talking through a lot of these episodes which i think people won't understand you know folks will folks may wonder to themselves you know why they may they may think the opposite which is you know, why were rangers or or conventional SEALs? Although people don't really quite understand that they're not conventional, but there are there are your, your standard seal units and then you have the tier one version. But they'll right. wonder like why were why were these guys? Why, you know, if they're listening to my stories, why were rangers doing the night raids? You guys are supposed to be just pulling security while tier one units do it. And um going back to exactly what you said was there's not enough of them. Yeah, yeah. Not only is there not enough of them, but in many ways these night raids we were doing and that other special operations we're we're doing as well from the different services, you know, that's kind of um, using tier one forces for that in many ways is kind of overkill. Those, 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 those those folks are trained for highly complex, um, highly complex situations and to send them out to do night raids, to cat, to go, to go to a dry hole or to go to find some guy, who, who maybe who maybe plays a part in a terrorist network um, it's really overkill you know that mission set w- is right sized for the Rangers for the, the seal the seal teams um, for the regular seal teams for for the for the you know reconnaissance Marines or, or MARSOC or what have you the green Berets you know that's right sized for for that level um, yeah. in a lot of ways we were we were using those folks for something that was you know you didn't necessarily need someone of that highly trained to execute that mission um but when it came to but when it came to missions of more complexity of of bigger stakes they would and rightfully did would step in and be like nah this is ours we're taking we're taking this one so
1: uh, complexity is the thing and and also yeah yeah complexity and the the level of the mission the sensitivity of it and the mm -hmm. complexity is a good word for it good example of and and this this might be contentious um so i'm just going to say it very matter-of-factly like this we we're going to have a, an episode or two to, dedicated to one of the largest mass casualties called extortion 17 we've re- referenced it on and off in the past but <clears throat> this was a case where this exact th- same thing of uh, the rangers had flushed out a mid-level, uh, I wouldn't even call him a high-value target. It was a terrorist. I don't know if he was Taliban or Al-Qaeda, but it was in Afghanistan in Wardak province. And they they flushed him out. So they scrambled a QRF, which was, it happened to be a Tier 1 unit, uh, Navy side. And <clears throat> they just jumped on a Coast Guard or an Air National Guard. Chinook, not Task Force 116, not for South, it was it was just a regular I mean, no, I mean, they did their absolute best, but um, the questions and the comments floating around the team area was if we had been on Task Force 160, <clears throat> we probably would have lit that guy up with the RPG who down the hole, created this insane tragedy, and then follow on talk were among among guys let's just put it that way was what are we doing chasing around this guy up in the hills who was really pretty low level i mean not 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 important but you know not zarkawi or bin laden or somebody like that it was so yeah you get into these dilemmas that guys talk ad nauseum about about you know, we get into the whole thing of how how best to use, and it it kind of sounds silly in one level because it's like, well, every every soldier is valuable. You ought to you ought to evaluate every op op as we don't want to lose a single person, and hopefully that's the m- mentality on any operation. But you start throwing these really high dollar assets that are trained to do the most sensitive stuff for the president and the National Security Council, and just stuff that's like seems impossible. Um, I don't know it, it gets into an interesting ethical discussion but we don't have to get into that
0: well we'll def yeah and we'll definitely and I and I think there's some context folks don't have about not that situation I wasn't involved yeah. in that I was long out by then but uh, you know a lot of folks will ask the question wait why were why were a tier why was a tier one navy unit QRF for a ranger strike force and yeah. I think my last deployment I can I can help Provide some context around what that looks like, um, why that would be, um, mm. and it's nothing nefarious, um, right? Uh, and, and when you hear the context, it might make sense. It might not make sense to you, but that's just the way we rolled back then. But, um, uh, but yeah. So, so I guess all that to say is, uh, again, just you know, hostage rescue for me, one mm-hmm. hostage rescue for some other folks. Zero. That's it. That's the end of that story. <laughs> that's yeah. the end of that story. Uh, let's see another kind of weird. Oh, okay. So an- another sort of odd, odd moment or just sort of where combat can be funny or weird. Um, so, uh, we're doing this, doing a night, doing a night raid. We're doing a long infill, which means that the, the helicopters or our mode of transportation is going to drop us off far away from the objective area and the target compound. And we're going to walk in because we want to, you know, have uh, the surprise of not showing up on loud vehicles. So uh, the place we got dropped off was this, like, it's like a valley. Uh, valley is not even the right word. I need to brush up on my geographic geography. But um, it was basically like a plane, I guess is the right way to describe it. It was like a moon-like plane, absolutely flat, absolutely devoid of any vegetation or, or, or large terrain features for miles and miles and miles. And on either left and right side of us were mountain ranges, mm-hmm. But where we were was we could see forever. And it was a it was good a loom that night. And we were walking in. So this was, you know, back then a long info was 10, 12 K clicks, kilometers, uh, and you'd walk in. And so it was really cold. We're walking in, uh, we're spread out real far. I can see for eternity. Like no one's sneaking up on us. Right. Um, and so it's super cold. It's super cold out. And um, I, I remember I was wearing assault gloves, just regular like assault gloves, and uh, which which are which are good for protecting you from abrasions, cuts, and abrasions, and getting snagged and stuff. But it's not they're not warm; they're not meant to be warm. So and they're they're designed to have some dexterity, so they're relatively thin, right? Um, so I, I I remember you know that day I was wearing um, like a soft shell jacket or or something like that, this PCU layer, and I had my plate carrier on top of it. And since there was no threat while we were walking into the infill area, I decided, you know, first I stuck my hands in my pockets You know, I talked about it last time I pulled the seal thing and I put my hands in my pockets while I'm walking, <laughs> while I'm patrolling in uh, and then, um, but that wasn't doing it because my pants weren't particularly all that warm either. So then I got the bright idea to take my hands and I jammed them in between my plate carrier and my, my top, my top layer. And I was like, Oh, there you go. Found it nice and warm. <laughs> so i walked for like half of that so let's say you know five five six k just strolling you know at a good clip but strolling with my hands sort of on my chest like this in between my plate carrier and my top layer. so we get to the objective area that the target compound I take my hands out now i'm doing the right thing i got my hand on my weapon and uh we're walking in and my hands get cold really cold and um And we're, we're going to be, we're like first assault for this, for this mission. So the other team is going to blow the gate. And then my team is going to be the first ones into the compound. Well, while we're setting up, I'm freaking out because my hands are so cold, so frozen, that I've lost basically all feeling and I can barely manipulate my hand. And, um, I get freaked out that I'm not going to be able to, um, fire my weapon. Like that's how, that's how frozen cold my hands are. And I'm just mentally freaking out and we're setting up on the breach and no one's paying attention to me because everyone's got tunnel vision on what we're about to do, but I'm like shaking my hands. I'm like trying to rub them. And, um, I gotta, you know, we get close enough. They're setting up the breach. We get close enough. I turn to my team and I'm like, you guys got to go in first because my hands are frozen. They're like, what? (laughs) Like, what do you mean your hands are frozen? I'm like, my hands are frozen. You got to go in first. Because it's the job of the team leader, you know, more right. often than not to go in for like you leave from the front, yeah. you leave the way. So <laughs> like, turn to my team, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, you got to go in first. My hands are frozen. I'll be right behind you. Like, what? I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. So, um, so we're set up. Uh, I, I'm, I'm resigned to the fact that I'm about to go in here. You know, we'll pro- <laughs> of course, this will be the time we get in some huge gunfight and my hands don't work. And I'm just mentally freaking out about this. Um. Uh it's not my place to stop, to stop what's right. going on. I'm not gonna say hold the hold the assault, my hands are frozen. We're going Training in and time I'm, out. <laughs> time out. Hey, hey, can we swap out? Can we swap out? Oh, wouldn't you love that? You're assault, yeah. you're an assault squad, and you say we need to swap out because one guy's got his hand, his hands are frozen. so I'm just gonna walk in there with no ability to defend myself. That's kind of oh, where I, I am oh. mentally. I'm like, here we go. Uh, but you know, the the, the funny thing that happens is they blow the gate or the door or whatever we blow up, we blow it and instantly like the adrenaline, the whatever shoots right back in. And I've got full, my full function, full use of my hands immediately. Yeah. And, um, and nothing happened in there. We go in, nothing happened. But, um, I just thought that was wild. That was a wild moment where, you know, my, my hands weren't, my my hands were physically not working. It wasn't like a psychosomatic thing. Like I, I had, I guess I didn't explain it. So for those who don't know, like if you're if it's cold, you're walking out, right? Um, what had happened was I jammed my hand in between my plate carrier and my, my top layer. Well, the top layer still breathes, and yeah. and the humidity coming off of my body still escapes the jacket as it should. That's why we don't wear trash bags to keep right. It warm, right. So so what was happening is I had jammed my hands into a a, a, a moist pocket. Um, in between my plate that I was collecting between my plate which was keeping my hands warm but the second i took my hands out what and i had done <laughs> yep what at the second what i had done is i had take uh sweat soaked gloves and exposed them to afghan winter air and um so my hands were legitimately frozen yeah <laughs> refrigerated <laughs> it was right. like referred like legitimately frozen it's so. Yeah. um so nothing happened, but I I thought that was a great example of where things don't go right, but also um, how the uh, the how the extreme situation um, manipulates body and mind in ways that you 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 don't realize is possible.
1: Yeah, I've I've experienced that before. That same thing where a rush of adrenaline just makes everything go away. It's just like a reset button. It's like oh man, I'm so hyper focused on something that I don't even. I've forgotten my name. I, I I'm just <laughs> like in the moment. Yeah, but we yeah we I I can tell you this. There is nothing scarier than not being able to maneuver your fingers. This happened to us a lot because we dealt a, a lot of cold water. And um, one in Phil one night off the coast of South Korea. I don't think any of us could have got our safeties off our weapons. We were so freaking cold, and that's scary because it's like your rifle really is your life. I mean, on, on the most basic level, it's like this, this is, this is my, and, and, and this is what keeps me going and surviving. Yeah. And uh, to, to have the thought that you couldn't, you couldn't work that thing is, is, is terrifying. You know, what are you, what are you going to do? Start turn it around and just use it as a club. If you can even get a good,
0: get a good grip. That's, that's a, right. And that's yeah. a great point because, you know, for, for those of us who are put in those situations, you know, your weapon is the one the one tool you have to be able to influence situations you have no control over. Right. It is it is the one thing that that can that can defend you, that you can go offensive with. It's the one thing that helps you, you know, maintain some kind of control over, you know, these these yeah. situations we volunteered to be to be in. So. Yeah. yeah so so to be out in those situations where okay you don't have that tool now you're just at the whims of 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 fate and what's going on around you yeah that's scary and not
1: least thinking that you you can't help your brothers you know yeah on your left and your right it's like good grief a lot of times that means more often than your own safety is like i've got this guy i've got you know yeah Yeah, that's
0: great point Great point, and and that is definitely something you know. In that moment, I, I would tell you that, you know, I say it's silly, I say it's funny, but you know, and, and definitely I was sheepish about it. Um, you feel that way, but on another level, it's a it. You take you take it as a failing, right? On some oh, level, for me, right? Because okay, I'm I'm sort of goofing off by walking around like that or with my hands like that. Like technically, I should have. Although, you know, we were in a good security position. So I had done this to myself. And so on a, on a level, that was a, 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 I, I sensed it as a leadership failure to have to abdicate, you know, my key role, which is we blow the gate in and I'm the first dude in there leading yeah. my team. And now I have to say, yeah, I did something goofy and <laughs> now I can't do my job. So I have to burden you with being the first one in there. You know, there's right. a little bit of that, too. And uh, that's a little extreme, but that's the way you think, you know, because they're yeah, guys is. and you want to take care of them. And it's a dangerous situation. Yeah. So, um, sure. So, yeah, um, I guess, that you know, I think we can wrap it up there. I think that's a good place to uh, to wrap it up. We'll go ahead and put uh, that deployment to bed. You know, we, we 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 didn't lose anyone the rest of that deployment. We we got home. It was uh, it was a wild ride for sure. We, we felt like we had done a lot of good work um, and, um, you know, we got back and, and relatively soon you find out what's next for you all. So we had done two Afghanistans in a row and uh, mm. we found out we were going to Iraq next. So and uh, so in the summer of 08 is when we found out that we were going to be going to Mosul Iraq so and I had a a lot of not as kinetic as they say as that deployment to Afghanistan but it was crazy it was wild and uh, we'll talk about that the next time we come back around to me sounds good so uh, thank you all for listening and we'll catch you in the next one bye